0: All right, let's get into the teaching for today. Uh, we're back on the snapshots of the Holy Spirit. Is that blessing you guys? Yes. How many of you been more in contact with your angels? Yes. That's right. I'm telling you, you you ain't even know. Now you're turning around like, what's that? I'm, am I lying? No. <laughs> i be walking through my basement like, I know what it is. It, <laughs> I know what it is. Uh, okay, but that—that's what the teachings are for. The teachings are to activate things. Like I told you, everything we teach. Bishop Oyedepo said something. Um, I 100% agree with. He said you can never possess something that is not being preached. Okay, if it's not being preached, you cannot possess it. All right, you know about sonship because it's being taught. All right. You know about orphan spirit because it's being taught. If you go to a ministry where they're not teaching orphan spirit, they don't know about it. So by default, it's an ignorance. OK, with well, the moment we start teaching dreams, you start dreaming. Then we start teaching interpretations. OK, the moment you start doing a prophetic, it activates it. So it, this is simply about us just introducing you to it. And when we introduce you to it, it activates it. All right, that's the same thing gonna be with healing. That's the same thing gonna be with deliverance. That's the same thing it's gonna be with uh, uh with anything in the scriptures. We're given the the moment you know in them scriptures, the moment you know in them scriptures how it works, and you abide by it, you immediately prosper. We fail in the areas that we don't know. We don't know, okay? When you don't know, you just walk around. That's what that's what what's ignorance called. You're ignorant, so you're just making the wrong move. So we're going to proceed along the lines of snapshots of the Holy Spirit. And the title of our teaching on today is The Process of Getting Full of the Holy Spirit. I taught a little something on this on uh, New Year's Eve. And we're going to talk about the process of of getting full, the process of getting full. We often say that we are filled, but you have to go from filled to full. I'm gonna explain that, okay? Now, it takes time for us to get full of the Holy Spirit, okay? Full means mature. Full means that it covers us, okay? Now, it is a process, meaning you have to grow in this. You have to mature in it, all right? The moment you get the Holy Spirit, all right, and the scriptures tell us that you are filled with it. You're not filled to capacity. There's more room. Now, we already told you that, I told you already that the Holy Spirit is not a word, all right? So it's not the name of a spirit. It's not a name. It's not a title of a spirit. Okay, but the Holy Spirit is a ministry that consists of presence upon and spirits around. Presence upon and angels encamped around about you. How do I know that? Because the devil is the prince of the power of air. He controls the atm- He controls atmospheres. Same thing the Holy Spirit does. And then he sends his imps out. He sends his demons out. Okay, to minister to anyone who accepts the atmosphere. The Holy Spirit is a ministry. It's an institution for spiritual development. This is one of the reasons why we call it a helper. We call it a counselor. We call it an advocate. We call it a comforter. Uh, The goal of the Holy Spirit is to conform us to the image of the son. That's the goal of the Holy Spirit is to conform you to the image of Christ. All right. This is why you're here today. This is why you're here today. This is why you're here today is to be conformed to the image of Christ. This is why you're here today, because the scriptures tell us to imitate him. So we're here because we want to become like him. Right, Manushka? And so on today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be comparing field to full as a process of growth. Okay? Field to full. Now, field, by definition, is to imbue, is to influence, is to supply. Okay, it is the spirit upon, the spirit around to influence, to influence us as ministering spirits. Now, to be filled is to imbue. The reason why I put up there to attempt is because your will is involved in this. Okay? So when you when you attempt to imbue something, what you are trying to do is permeate it. You are trying to permeate it, you are trying to penetrate it, okay? Anytime you are feeling something is filled, this is what you are trying to do. You are attempting to influence it. The Holy Spirit tries to influence us to do right, to do wrong, to do the things that the Father wants us to do. Also, the Holy Spirit is there to supply us. So when you are filled with the Spirit, it is there to permeate your soul. It is there to supply all the things you need. That's why it is called an advocate. That's what an advocate do. If I am your advocate, it's my job to get you the things that you need. Whatever you need is my job to get it for you. That's what an advocate is. That's what a helper is. I'm going to assist you at your destiny. I'm going to assist you at hearing the Father. I'm going to assist, assist you in growing. So the spirit is there to influence us. That's why the Bible calls them ministering spirits. Ministering spirits. Okay? It is also, it is what we call the baptism of the spirit. It's what we call the baptism of the spirit. You are immersed in presence. Now, when Jesus received the Holy Spirit, the Bible said the Holy Spirit came upon him, but then at the end of it, it said that it remained it remained all right it didn't come upon him and then leave it came upon him and remained it said it came on him like a dove a dove is a sensitive creature okay you just can't walk up on a dove okay if you had a dove on your shoulder you would have to move in a in a in a manner that you're conscious of what's on you you would have to move in a manner OK, but the, with the with the scriptures, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit remained on him. So he walked in a mandatory where he recognized what was on him. And because he recognized what was on him, it could consistently minister to him. So he watched what he watched. He watched who he talked to. He watched how he thought. He watched where he went. He wanted to make sure that he was doing everything his father told him to do so he would not lose presence. Because the moment the Holy Spirit lifts off you, you can feel it, okay, the angels stop ministering. And typically they, they the Holy Spirit lifts off of you is because you are engaging. It's what the scriptures call trespass. He rescued you from the kingdom of darkness and you find yourself back over into an area that you're not supposed to. And as soon as you do that, the Holy Spirit will warn you, you're going too far. You're going too far. The conversation is getting too far. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The the argument is going too far. It's about to. (laughs) Next thing you know, you cussing. I'm just being real with you. Okay. Okay. You go too far, and and, and that ain't the Holy Spirit telling you that. The Holy Spirit telling you, stop, shut up, be quiet. You hear it. It's the issue why the church cannot get full of the Holy Spirit. We don't know how to remain. We don't know how to get in the presence and focus. Two minutes into the presence, you are thinking about walking the dog. (laughs) Two minutes in the presence, you think, I need some coffee. Two minutes into his presence, you think about something somebody said to you last week, and, it, and, you, and, and if they would have said it to you at the right time, what you would have done to them, and then now all of a sudden you're in a whole conversation about this thing. That is Satan's job is to interrupt, to make sure that you don't walk in that presence. That's why it's the baptism of the Spirit. All right. So when you are filled with the spirit, the first analogy I gave you was a school. When you enroll in college, okay, you are filled with administrative staff. You're on a campus. You got students. You got teachers. You got deans. You got books. You got everything. You computer labs. You are filled. But you got to show up. In class, you got to stay focused. Your field is just like the process of making pickles. It's, you start off with a cucumber. And you have to, now in the old days, they kind of do it different than they do it now. Because when I was studying on the baptism of the spirit, it was talking about, about back in 200 AD, how they used to make pickles. And what they would do is, the first thing they do will boil the pickle. And once they have boiled the pickle, softened it up, then they would uh, immerse it in the vinegar and leave it there. And the whole purpose of this was to get what is in the jar inside the pickle, and they become one. Now, the way that they do it is, they create this stuff called brine. Okay, it's seasoned. They season this stuff, and then they they cut the cucumbers up, and they put it in there, and they seal it. Okay, and if you really want to get it in there, you put it in fire and boil it. You don't put the pickles in there and take them out. You don't put a cucumber in brine and it becomes a pickle. You have to leave it there. You have to leave it there until all of the flavor is in it. It's not a pickle if you just dip it. Y'all like that saying? (laughs) It ain't a pickle unless you... (laughs) If you just dip it, you have to leave it there. You have to leave it there. It's just like a seed. You don't put the seed in the soil and then take it out. That seed needs to remain there. If that seed does not remain there, it can never become a tree. That's why the Bible says if you meditate on the word, you will be like a tree. You will be like a tree. If the seed is properly planted and the word is watering you, you will become like a tree, which is what? An unmovable thing that bears fruit. That's the goal of our father. So we are filled. Okay. We are filled. When you first get the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But the object is to get full. The object is to get full. Now, full means to cover every part of the soul to thoroughly permeate to cover every part of the soul the mind, the will, the emotions to cover every part you want to leave your soul immersed in the Holy Spirit until it take every part of your soul and make you one with the Father until it permeates it thoroughly until this becomes who you are. This word full is the same covered word that they use for leprosy. It's the same word they use for leprosy. You don't just get leprosy on the surface, it goes all the way to the bone. Ain't many diseases that do that. It ain't many diseases that start on the skin and go all the way into the bone to the point where you start limbs start falling off. Why is the limbs falling off? Because the, the leprosy has thoroughly permeated the body and now the body is total leprosy. It's no longer a body. (laughs) It's leprosy. And so this is the goal for us to get full of the spirit. We want to be thoroughly permeated. We want our mind our heart, our soul to be thoroughly permeated with the word, with the truth, with the light, with the life, with love, with peace, with joy, thoroughly permeated. We don't want to surface. <laughs> I, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and you always lying. <laughs> you feel with the Holy Spirit, but you can't control your thoughts. You feel with the Holy Spirit, but you can't control your anger. You can't control your flesh. You have no peace. But you're filled. And so, you, we, we go from filled to full. Say, we go from filled. I'm not doing this today. I'm not doing this today. If I got to be up here, y'all going to be louder. Okay? <laughs> I'm not doing this with y'all today. Say, you go from filled To full. Okay, so when you're at field, you're just enrolling in school. When you're full, you've graduated. Amen? Okay, when you're filled, you're just a cucumber. When you're full, you're a pickle. You add some spice to it, do what you want to. Okay? I I like the hot pickles. I don't know about y'all. Okay? When you're filled, you're just a seed. When you're full, you're a tree. You're filled when you're a student. You're full when you're the teacher. That's why Jesus said that every student should become as the teacher. He said a student would never be greater, but he will become as. So when I'm done, you should be able to move, preach this word, teach this word the same way I can. It should be no difference. They shouldn't be like, hey, we let's give us a positive heart. Nope, take any one of them. They fool. Our first scripture, Acts chapter 2. It says, and there appeared to them. Tongues as a fire distributed themselves and they rested on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit, meaning the spirit came upon them because the Bible said it rested on them and then angels surrounded them. But watch this. It was just the first day of school. This is just the first day of school. This is us putting the cucumber in the brine. Okay? This is the hen sitting on the egg. This is a person just being placed in the incubator. It takes Time. This is when the seed has just been placed in the ground. It says that they were all filled and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And so, filled, nepios, full, Weas. It's the process of growth. That's how we grow. We allow the spirit to give the spirit control of our soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Acts chapter 4, verse 8, and it reads, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, Why do I got eight or nine there? Yeah. Okay, I see why. So one of them is Acts chapter 4, verse 8, and one is Acts chapter 13, verse 9. It's a a, a a mistake on my behalf. Okay, it says, then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, now, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and so now the Holy Spirit is using Peter to speak. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can use you to speak. Actually, in this situation right here, Peter had just healed a man at the gate called Beautiful. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it can still use you to heal people. But the whole purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to be activated for work. When you're full, you become the work. Now, it ain't no strange thing that because, Holy, because Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, you seen an angel rescue him from prison. Why? Because he's now filled with the Holy Spirit. What's even crazier is that the saints is at home praying for Peter to get out of jail. When, G- when Peter gets out of jail, the angel goes and rescues him. Uh, Peter pulls up to the property, knocking on the door. Now, this is strange. This is how deep this, this, this walk is and this life is. Rhoda goes to the door, sees Peter, comes back and said, Peter at the door. Now, they like, no, that's impossible. He was in jail. Now, what's crazy about it also is that they praying for this. They praying for this, and they shot the... (laughs) Rhoda says, Peter's at the door. They go and check and look and say, say, no, that's Peter's angel. (laughs) That's a a normalcy? because some people say that they say that your angels look like you your angel resembles you so they said they went and looked Chris and they said that ain't Peter, that's, that's Peter angel but it was Peter and so he's filled with the Holy Spirit and you see angelic presence around him operating in his life Acts chapter 13, verse nine, it says, but Saul, who is also known as Paul filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him. Now, this particular story right here, Paul is getting into a conflict with a magician and the Bible is letting us know that Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. And because he is filled with the Holy Spirit, the uh, Holy Spirit can use him now because Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. you see angels in his life. You see an angel rescue him from prison in the book of Acts, chapter 6, I think. Was it chapter 6? No, it wasn't chapter 6, chapter 12, I think. You also see an angel visit Paul on a ship on his way to the island of Patmos and tell him, look, you about to come into contact with a storm. The ship ain't going to make it, but all y'all going to make it. And then Paul goes and tells them, (laughs) like, look, the angel visited me and he told me this. We're going to all make it safe, but the ship not. Now, that's still frightening if you you didn't hear the angel. (laughs) (laughs) So you see, when someone is filled, it is presence on them. And it is ministering spirits around them to get them to do the work of the ministry. Acts chapter 13, verse 45. Let's look on the opposite end of it. It says, but when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. (laughs) They were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. So how does that look? Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He convinced them to be jealous of what Paul is saying. It's The scripture says that the, the Jews saw the crowd and they were being filled. They were, they were filled with jealousy. So how does that look? Demonic creatures all around them ministering to them. To the point where they act on it. They begin to agree with and they begin to contradict what God said. They begin to contradict what Paul said. The Bible said they even got to the point they were blaspheming. So, just the way the Holy Spirit can rest on you and you can do mighty things in Him, a demonic spirit can rest on you and make you jealous, make you envious, bring you into strife, bring you into contention. That's why the scripture said where well, there's envy and there's strife, there's every evil work. Because being filled by the Spirit ain't being led by the Spirit. Because you are filled with the Spirit, that doesn't mean you are led by the Spirit. Say it again. Because you are filled doesn't mean you're being led. The Spirit is attempting to get you there. You have to respond. Acts chapter 19, verse 29. The city was filled with confusion. The city was filled with confusion. What does that look like? The, the prince of the power of the air is hovering over this city and then he has demonic creatures ministering confusion to these people. They accepted to the point where the scripture says and they rushed with one accord into the theater dragging along Gaius and Aristocus. Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. So, 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 the atmosphere is filled with such confusion and contention because of Satan that it makes the people act on it. It makes the people act on the demonic things. Now, I want you to get the snapshot of that. Okay, we're doing snapshots of the Holy Spirit. You have to get a snapshot of how that looks. Okay, the city is filled with demonic spirits ministering confusion to the point that they attack Paul and his companions. So the spirit can come upon you to the place where you give. It can come upon you. The Holy Spirit can come upon you to the place where you love. But all of this deals with soul behavior. It all deals with soul behavior. It is where you put your soul at. The greatest, the battle right now is for the soul. It's for the soul. The battle right now is for the soul. That's why the greatest commandment was, hear, O Israel. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your understanding. What is he telling us? Give me all of that. Put that in my hands. And when I give it back to you, it's going to resemble me. Give me your mind. And when I give it back to you, you're going to have the mind of Christ. Give it back. When I give it back to you, you're going to think like I do. When I give it back to you, your ways are going to be like my ways. When you give me your heart. This is what it means to be filled with the spirit. That's why I said something earlier about the whole mental health thing. Let me get the definition of soul, what soul is. Okay. The soul and the mind. The soul. Okay. Is literally the heart and the mind. Okay. The soul is the heart, the will, and the emotions. The will is your soul. All right. But the soul consists of the heart, the will, and the emotions. All right. I told you before about the soul algorithm. All right. Whatever the mind, the mind is how, is, is, is the entrance into the soul. And the heart, the soul is the seat of your intellect, okay? It is the center of your life. That's why it says the soul and the mind, the fountain and seat of thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, and endeavors. It is, it is of the understanding, the faculty, and seat of intelligence. It is the will, the character. It is the soul as far as it is affected and stirred in a bad or good way. Or of the seat of, or of the soul as the seat of sensibility, affection, emotion, desires, appetites, and passions. So it is our responsibility to turn all these over to the Father. It is our responsibility to turn all these over to the Holy Spirit. The purpose of you having the Holy Spirit is is so that all of these can be ministered to. That's why you see it says the seat of the thought, of the thoughts. The seat of the passions, desires, appetite, affections, purpose, and endeavors. The Holy Spirit wants your thoughts, your mind. It wants your passions. It wants your desires. All you have to do is look at what is going on inside of your inner man. And the more you see the things that are going on inside your inner man, it is now your responsibility to give this to the Holy Spirit. Come before the Holy Spirit and say, I'm not thinking right. Take this. Take my mind, take my heart, take my soul. It is your job to do that. That's why I said, our main issue, when I was over in Nigeria, the spirit spoke to me and said, as poverty is to Africa, mental health is to America. Okay? As poverty is to Africa, mental health is to America. We got money. We know how to make money, okay? People not going to line up at the church because the pastor got money, okay? People operate in power in America. You can go anywhere and get healing. It's not hard to find healing in America. It's not hard to find a deliverance ministry in America. What it is, is hard to find a, a ministry that can deal with your mental health. But the whole thing is this. This is your mental health. <laughs> this is your mental health. Your soul is your mental health. So your soul is only as healthy as you giving it to the, as, as, as you turn it over to the Father. The problem with our mental health is we don't give it to the Father. We have things on our heart. We have things in our mind. We take it to everybody else but the Father. We bring it to everybody else but people who are qualified. We'll take it to the members, to we'll take it to members before they take it to leadership. Somebody come and tell me, yeah, this has been going on for six months. Six months? And anybody told a leader about this? This is our mental health, our mind, our will, and our emotions. The reason why the church is under attack or the church has such high level of mental health going on is because we think we're filled with the Holy Spirit and that's good enough. (laughs) We we think filled is enough. We think because I got the Holy Spirit, that's good enough. But there's no engagement. There's no submission. You have not turned your will over to him. He wants your appetite. He wants your aversions. That's why it says the seat of intellect, which means in that seat right now, your seat of intellect right now sits your carnality. But what needs to happen is, is carnality needs to get kicked out that seat and we need to put the spirit there. We need to put Christ there. That's why the Bible talks about us having the mind of Christ. How do we get the mind of Christ? Turn it over to the Holy Spirit. Turn it over to the fivefold ministry. Study the word. Practice righteousness. I'm not telling y'all you guys this for nothing. This is what develops your soul. I told you, I've been in and out of churches. And, and, and watch this. This ain't just no 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 word that I'm just giving you. I'm telling you what changed us. Okay. I'm not just giving you no dry word, okay, something I read in a book. No, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm telling you, if I, I would, I would share with you some, if I tell you where we came from, okay, because this is what you have to understand. I had a rough path, a rough childhood, okay. I was, I was set up to fail. I was set up to fail. Parents got divorced at three, both of them heavily submerged in sexual immorality. Now, do you know this? If the parents are in sexual immorality, it comes upon the children. (laughs) I didn't see anyone do this husband thing right. I didn't see anyone be a husband. I seen pimps. I seen men beat women. I seen men use women. I see men disrespect women. I've never seen a husband. I didn't get this stuff out of my family. The stuff I'm teaching you guys is what made me and her. The father had to pull us out of church. I hate to say it like that. But it it didn't have nothing to do with the church as much as it has something to do with our destiny. He wanted us to start Divine Generation Church. That's what it was about. Okay, but with the issues that I was going on, that was going on inside of me, no ministry could help me. I was in the church for 13, 14 years before the father pulled me out. It couldn't help me because all it was doing was saying this is what faith is. It was nothing practical. That's why when I met Kirby, I said, "You want me to show you how to pray?" And he was like, "What? You want to show me how to pray? Who do you think you're talking to? You better get out of my face!" <laughs> because what I noticed that I was in church, but they never taught me how to pray. They just said, "Pray, Q, pray." Okay, how does that look? What does that look like? What do I do with that? I want to, you know how I know about this stuff? Because I studied it out and I asked questions because I wanted to know why is the church so everybody filled with the Holy Spirit, but there's so much poverty going on in the church. Why is there so much promiscuous activity? Why is there so much carnal activity going on? Why is there so much hate and competition? Wherever there's competition, it means people don't know who they are. And so I wanted to know, but like I said, I came up, Renee, I was raised in a cesspool of sin. I was raised in Chicago at the time where black on black crime was most prominent. I've had guns put to my head. Like I told you, I was raised in a cesspool of, I wasn't raised in church. I was not raised in church. I had to go and get this stuff. I had to go and search out this word and find this word. Y'all not getting nothing from no punkin preacher. Okay, I'm just letting you know. Ain't nothing cookies about me. My, my parents, I'm telling you, it, my the stuff that was going on in my, I had nothing but pimps, nothing but drug dealers. I was set up to fail. And so I'm the stuff I'm showing y'all, teaching y'all, is stuff that pulled me out of it. That pulled me out of it. I told you, me and A.D. was talking. A.D. asked me a question. He said, bruh, I've been knowing knowing you since you was 11. (laughs) Now, he said, I've been knowing you since you was 11. Where did you learn this stuff from? No, he came down. He seen my household. He seen my wife and my marriage. He seen my kids. He seen how I was living. And he was like, "Where where did you learn this from? Where, where, where did you see this at? The word. <laughs> the word. I was talking to my uncle. Let me say this before I say this. Never compare fruit with people. All right? Never compare your fruit with other people's. All right? Never compare your fruit with other people because everybody's fruit is going to be different. But if you have to, if it's a must, if it happens, make sure you compare your fruit with somebody who started where you started. Make sure they started where you started. I'm, a, I'm crazy. I study, Tremaine, I study go back in the Old Testament, I I go back and I study where the people started from. Where did Abraham start at? Abraham was with his father. Before God called him out, he lost his younger brother. His youngest brother. I study him. How did David start? He was the youngest of eight. David started from a great household. (laughs) Where did Joseph start from? See, that's more in line with my story. When you start in a ditch, everybody didn't start in a ditch. Everybody didn't have a dream started in a ditch and then had to work their way through all of these circumstances. The stuff I've been through, I got the right to tell God, whatever, I ain't trying to hear nothing you say. Seeing my first person, the first person I seen murdered, I was in the fifth grade. Was this close, seen them spitting up blood, they died in my father's hands. Fifth grade. experienced molestation at the age of eight and nine by a man and then by women because of neglectful parents. Just used to leave us with anybody. At, At 10, I was given marijuana, I was given alcohol and said, since you're gonna do it, you might as well do it with us. At 10, I was set up to fail, Q. There's no way Satan wanted to see me standing right here doing what I'm doing. I was set up to fail. At ten, I was given condoms. Told you can have sex. Sexually active since nine. I ain't preaching you no pumpkin pie word. I'm telling you what pulled me out. Okay, I'm not just. I'm not just bringing you. I'm, I'm not just talking about something. I'm not just giving you some general definition of something. I heard somebody else say, I'm telling you real stuff that pulled me out. At at, at 12, abandoned by both parents. I was set up to fail. From 12 to 15, spent every night crying. Where my mom at? Where my daddy at? To the point where my heart got cold. Now he gotta do surgery. That's why I understand when he says he wants to give you a, take the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I understand what that means because my heart was cold. Didn't care nothing about nobody because I'm thinking to myself, if the woman who gave birth to you abandoned you, who else going to care about you? That was what Satan preached to me. That was his message. And I was at the altar every time you write. <laughs> From eighth grade, I played. I started playing basketball in sixth grade. Watch this. In the sixth grade, my auntie uncle came and got me from Chicago, Illinois. And brought me to Decatur. At halfway through sixth through sixth grade, I moved to Decatur, Illinois. By the beginning of the seventh grade year, I had knocked somebody out, punched a dude in the eye, cracked his skull. They kicked me out the city. I got to go back to Chicago, where both of my parents were on drugs for twenty five years for the first twenty five years of my life. Now, you, do you know the demons that come with that? Do you know because it's on the parents, it automatically comes on the child? Started playing basketball. So, I, so it, 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 at seventh grade, I dropped out. I dropped out of school. I did not go to school in seventh grade. Once they moved back to Chicago, I stopped going to school. You know why I stopped going? Because both of my parents was on, was on drugs, and they didn't even pay attention to me. I'm supposed to be at school, I'm out hanging around. It was times I wouldn't come home for three days in a row and they didn't even notice. I was set up to fail. Now, let me preface it with this. They had a hard upbringing too. That's why, the way they, that's why they were the way they are. My father's father was cruel. I'm talking about cruel. I'm talking about work all day in the junkyard and then make my father clean his toes. I'm talking about cruel. They used to put cans on my father's head, his brother, and shoot them off. I'm talking cruel. Father had a gash in his head where his, old, where his sister smacked him with an iron. My father was treated cruel. And so what he did for me was way better than what somebody did for him. That's why you have to appreciate where you are and what you have because people can only give you what they, what they have. Okay? My mother never met her mother, never met her father, don't know anybody in her family. Deal with that. What if that was your life? You don't know your mother, you don't know father, you don't know cousins, no aunties, no uncles, no grandparents because you've been adopted. She found out she was adopted at the age 17, immediately went into using drugs. So I'm not telling you this stuff works. Because I was set up to fail. (laughs) from eighth grade to college i played basketball did not hear my mother's voice one time i'm telling y'all real stuff okay did not hear my mother's voice one time father not present he know where i'm at he just don't care but like i said he had this situation he was dealing with all right this is what i want you to know because from eighth grade all the way to college Every game I played, show me. I'm looking for my parents. They're going to show up this game. (laughs) Yep, this going to be the game. They're going to show up. I'm a clown today. They're going to show up this game. This went on from eighth grade all the way to college. Not one show, not one call. Satan tried to make my heart cold. It was cold to the point where I started treating women like they were trophies, like they were a game. Am I lying, AD? This is my roommate. It was a trophy to me. I started treating women like they were trophies. I started just finding women to see how many I could have sex with and counting the number up every year. And the the appetite for that drove me to alcohol because you can't do all that sober. (laughs) So I'm not giving you no word. (laughs) I'm telling you what pulled us out, what pulled me out. Now, after all of that, I went through. Now he gives me a wife and I got to be a husband. (laughs) I'm telling you how. You go from filled to full. You give your soul to him. Let, give him your mind, give him your heart, give him your soul. He will take all of those things and he will correct them. He will even give them back to you and let you know this is why this happened. The reason why you had this childhood like this is because what happened to your parents? Let it go. Leave it alone. It's because what they've been through, and so, and watch this 2010. Fast forward, 2010, Q. I gotta forgive both of them, Serena. Really, I gotta give, forgive both of them to the point where both of them living with me. <laughs> both of them living with me in my household. The two people who want to have nothing to do with me, and I gotta love them. I gotta take care of them. I gotta help them. We go to this ministry, Renee, and. Uh, um, uh, I would meet with the pastors on other days that they didn't have, we didn't have church for mentorship. And I met there, me and my father would do it. I met with one pastor and he told me, he said, your father, he said, he said, he said, he said you're a very honorable young man. He said, your father told me the only reason why he's in Atlanta is because he seen you was taking the faith serious. So not only do you got to go through your past, but you got to go through your past and you got to heal from it to a place where you draw your parents in. You got to go from field to full. You ain't going to do nothing with no little rinky-dink, shata rabbi Nope, that ain't going to get it. (laughs) Well, I have to let you know, okay? I'm not just telling y'all something to be telling you something. The word I the word I am teaching you will change you. It will change your life. When I met my wife, she was 18 years old. She didn't meet her father till she was 30. Everything her father didn't give her, I had to give her. And I didn't get it from my father. How do you do that? You got to depend on the Holy Spirit. That's fruit. And what amazes me is 90% of the women that come in contact with her, and I'm not even talking about in the church realm. I'm talking about in the workplace. Everywhere she goes, people want, to ment- want, want her to mentor them. I ain't just telling you no rinky-dink stuff. Okay? I'm telling you, this word will change your life. You want to know what this preaching, this teaching, and me as apostle can do for you? Look at her. That's why the Bible always says you, your first ministry is your home. Your first ministry is going to be your spouse. If you can't labor with them, you can't labor with them. I had to labor with her. No mother, no father. I'm the first relationship she ever had. Let's go get some scripture in here. Okay. James chapter one, verse 21. That's why I say don't compare your fruit to nobody. Okay. Because you have to start where another person started If you can start where I started and end up where I am, then we talk about fruit. <laughs> Until the end, I don't talk about no, them cherries. <laughs> James one twenty one it says, Wherefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive With meekness, the engrafted word that is able to save your soul. This is what it means for the Holy Spirit to be in you, is the word gets engrafted into you. When we got saved, the Father, we got engrafted into a tree. Now, what does engrafting process look like? You're going to take a limb from from one tree, and you're going to attach it to another tree, and everything that is in that tree is going to end up in a branch. This is what it means when the Bible says the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? The Holy Spirit has to get in you, which means you have to allow it to happen. First Peter nine, it says receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. This is the end game, the salvation of your soul. You giving your heart, your mind, your soul to the father. You giving your heart, your mind, your soul to the Holy Spirit and you allow the Holy Spirit to to raise you. You allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, to lead you, to guide you, to instruct you. This is practical stuff. 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. It says Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. (laughs) Just as your soul prospers. He said, I pray that you may prosper and be in, in all things and in good health. But it will only be as your soul prospers, as you turn your soul over to the Holy Spirit, as you turn your soul over to the ministering angels. This is the only way that you can prosper. You have to prosper at the soul level first. OK, then from the soul level, your life becomes it. Your mind needs to be changed. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what do we have to do? Change the way you see yourself. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. That is the job of the fivefold ministry, is to change the way you see yourself. Okay? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it, flows from it. So if you don't give your heart to the Holy Spirit, if you don't give your heart to the Father, everything, watch this, the wrong stuff will flow from it. This is how people get offended. God does not have their heart, so Satan can say something. Guard your heart. Romans 5, 5. It says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it is the job of the Holy Spirit. It is the job of the ministry angels to pour out love into your heart. But you got to receive it. You got to absorb it. You got to want it. You got to want to change. Okay? This is, and like I said, this is my question, is how do we have the Holy Spirit and a mental health crisis in the church? How? Because we're filled and we don't know we have to get full. We're filled but we don't know we have to get full. Okay? Okay? Luke chapter 1, chapter 4, verse 1. Now, we looked at the field. Now, let's look at the full. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the, from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It permeated, it penetrated, it had every part of his soul. What actually started me into studying this was this, was when I looked up the word full, I wanted to see if it was the same word as it was filled. I want okay, and so the word "field" is the Greek word pimpleme. and the and the Greek word for "full" is the word "plurace," plurace, plurace. Okay, so now why is that important? Because when the Greeks speak, they use their language. So it said that Jesus was plurace of the Holy Spirit. He won pimpleme. he was plurace. If it had said he was a pimple, uh, pimplemé, it would have just said that angels were surrounding him. But it said plurase, which means that it was covering every part of his soul. That's why he could be led in the wilderness to fast for 40 days. <laughs> That's why it's hard to fast. It's easier to fast when every part of your soul has been covered. When every part of your soul has been permeated, it ain't nothing it ain't, it ain't strange when people first start this walk-off, it's hard to fast because it's a move from flesh to spiritual. That's the movement, from flesh to spiritual. So it becomes hard to fast. and That's why I say you go from flesh to spiritual, from spiritual to uh, 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 anointed, from anointed to walking in glory. But it's a process of getting full. First John. I mean, no, no, no. John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we saw his glory. Glory, of the, of, uh, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. He was full of of grace and truth, meaning every part of his soul was covered in grace. He understood it. He had an appetite for grace. His aversions was for grace, his intellect. He had given it all over to grace. He was full of grace and truth, which means he knew truth. He knew God was his father. That's why he kept referring back to it. I only do what my father say. Why? Because he was full of truth. He knew who planned it was. I don't have a will. My meat and drink is to do his will he knew why because he was full he was full he was so full he was able to be uh, 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 sent into the wilderness tempted for 40 days Satan could speak to him and then at the end of that the Bible said he came out full of the power well how did he come out full of power he went in full (laughs) he finished the fast okay I'm sorry Acts chapter six verse three. Let me give you the backstory. Oh, this is what we get. Okay, this is the apostles, all right. And what's happening here is they just started this Hellen- Hellenistic program for the widows to feed them, to take care of them. And the apostles are like Terry, like, "Look, uh, y'all need to find somebody else for this work. We can't be doing everything in the church." All right. And so, <laughs> in verse three. He said, Therefore, brethren, select. Now watch this. He said, Brethren, brethren, therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation. Huh? What'd you say, Kirby? I didn't hear you. He said, Select seven men of good reputation. Now, this is from the congregation. This is from the congregation. That's why I'm telling you, it is important for you to be on post for when the father use you because the father just don't use you because he want to use you. He used you because the people want to hear you. Amen. He said, brethren, therefore, brethren, select among you from among you seven men of good reputation full of the spirit and of wisdom. Select seven men of good reputation full. Why? Because it's time to do ministry now. And when it's time to do ministry, we don't want people filled. When the father turned his sons and daughters over to people, he don't want people who are just filled. He want people who are full. Furthermore, on the day of Pentecost, they were filled. Why is now they choosing people who are full? Huh? <laughs> if it ain't relevant what I'm saying, then why are they choosing people full if they're already filled? He told them, he said, brethren, select seven people. So you know the people who selected had to have a spirit. So why would he say select people who are full of the spirit and full of wisdom, meaning every part of their life, their mind, Their heart and their soul. They're not overly emotional. It's controlled by wisdom. The Holy Spirit has their heart. They're not intellectual. They have godly wisdom. Choose them. To do what? Whom we may put in charge. That's why the the scripture said, never put a novice in charge, lest they be puffed up. (laughs) don't put somebody in charge who not full. Don't put somebody in charge who not practicing righteousness. Don't put somebody in charge who not praying, who not fasting, who not reading the word, who not doing community, who not giving. Don't put them in charge. They not full. So whenever I think about, I'm looking for people full. I ain't looking for Partial. (laughs) <laughs> so it says therefore brethren select from among you seven men of good reputation full of the spirit and wisdom whom we may put in charge verse four but we will be devoted we will devote ourselves to prayer and ministry of the word the statement found approval with the whole congregation and they chose Stephen a man full of faith not filled with faith not pluris not someone in which faith is trying to get in <laughs> someone whose faith they have absorbed it it's absorbed they want it full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and Philip, Prochorus, uh, N- Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. So these were all the people that they chose that were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. You see the separation? There was a separation. So the people who did get chose, <laughs> Chap- Acts chapter... 6 verse 8. It says, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. This is the same, this is the same Simon, watch this, this is the, I mean, uh, Stephen, this is the same Stephen in which the scripture said, that, Serena, that he had a wisdom that was irresistible. He was preaching and they couldn't even leave. (laughs) He was preaching, Serena. They couldn't leave. Neither could they argue with him. (laughs) So you know what they had to do? They had to stone him. (laughs) Oh, it's a message in that. When you can't resist the preaching and then you can't knock it, the only thing you can do is kill him. Only thing you can do is hate. (laughs) But the spirit was on him so much that he died like Jesus. Being stoned, he looked up in heaven, seeing the son on the right hand of the father and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You can't do that if you ain't fool. (laughs) You can't do that if you ain't fool. You still worry about that $20 somebody owe you. You, all right, I ain't going to do that to y'all. I seen y'all roll y'all eyes at me. It was the men too. No, I'm just playing. I'm just joking. <laughs> but when you're full, there's certain things that you can do that when you're not filled. Okay? You can't do that. Somebody, they hitting you with stones, stoning you, and your heart is towards forgiving them. Why are you getting hit with the rocks? you can't do that I understand when your parents living in your house neither one of them wanted you and you gotta love them anyway you hear Satan but well, they didn't do this they didn't do that they didn't do that they didn't do that they did this this happened because they didn't do this and this happened the whole reason why you were in a situation because of that and because of this you better be you better be full because they gonna minister to you Satan give you every reason to hate somebody. Every reason not to like somebody. Acts chapter 13, verse 10. Now this is the continuation off the other uh, scripture when Paul was filled with the spirit and he gazed. This is the other half of the uh, scripture. And it says, and this is Paul talking. He's talking to a magician who was all up in their business, acting a fool. He had to come to him. He said, He said, You, y'all listening? Y'all ready? Watch this. You who are full of deceit and fraud. So, just like you can be full of wisdom and faith, just like you can be full of, of, of the Holy Spirit, just like you can be full of grace and truth, you can be full of deceit. You can be full of fraud. You can be full of anger, which means this. Now, this ain't, this ain't filled with anger. This is full, which means this anger is covering, this This deceit is covering every part of the soul. They fraudulent, Q, and it's covering every part of their soul. That's what we call faith. That's what we call forgazy. They forgazy. They forgazy. Fugazy. So just like you can, be full of, you can be full of lying. I'm just being honest. You can't help it. Every time you open your mouth, you tell a lie. Why? Okay, let's go a little further. He said, you who are full of all deceit, not just some deceit, and fraud, look at this. Because he's full of deceit and full of fraud, he's a son of the devil. So as sons of God, we're supposed to be full of the spirit. as sons of the devil or the devil, they're full of something else. He said, "You son of the devil, you enemy of righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord?" So because of what he's full of, it qualifies him to be a son of Satan. Because of what he's full of, he's an enemy of righteousness. So he don't like praying. Trying to hear nothing about no purpose, no destiny. God called me to do this. Trying to hear nothing about no going to church. No giving. Get them preachers nothing. Keep my money. <laughs> full of it. To the point where he said. He says, will you not cease? Will you stop? Just stop. Could you stop trying to make the the, the straight ways of the Lord crooked? Could you stop trying to destroy everything that's holy, which is a spirit of perversion? Spirit of perversion. The father say, do sex like this. They decide we're going to do sex like this. (laughs) The father say, do marriage like this. They decide, nah, 'Nah, going to be man and man. Full. You have to be full. They're full. The government, full. The music industry, full. The entertainment industry, full of Satan. Full of it. The porn industry. Come on, our government has to be full of Satan to allow the porn industry to exist in America. Full. Every part of their soul. All they're thinking about is the money. <laughs> I'm closing. Okay. Look, y'all, you have to fellowship in order to get full. Ain't no way around it. You have to fellowship with the Holy Spirit in order to get full. You have to fellowship with it. It can't be spotty. You can't take a day off. You can't take two, three days off from this. Cute, is an everyday thing. This is every single day. It's a lifestyle. This is a spirit life. <laughs> this is an abundant life, eternal life. This ain't just we do it today, and we might not. We ain't gonna do it tomorrow. This ain't pick it up when I feel bad. This ain't call on Him when I need. This is intentionally. You know when you should pray? When you don't feel like it. Okay? That should be your practice. You don't feel like praying? Go pray. You don't feel like studying? Go studying. Because anytime you don't feel like it, that means the flesh is in control. That means Satan is trying to minister to you because he knows there's an advancement. You feel that tug to pray? The father's trying to open the door. Okay? Okay? He's trying to reveal something to you. He's trying to show something to you. You got to be, you got to fellowship to get full. You got a fellowship with the Spirit. You got to take off from work. Don't go on no vacation. Don't rent no hotel. And if you do, let it just be you and the Holy Spirit. Just you and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because you got to go, we got to go from field to full. And you're not going to go from field to full taking days off. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm saying I'm taking no day off. You know, you get what I'm saying? But you you need to put in enough work to know that I earned this day off. Okay? If you ain't going to study today, it's because you earned it. You've been in the Word so treacherously that you deserve a day off. Because like I told you, when you first, watch this. When you first come into school, the whole purpose of you coming into school is to graduate. <laughs> you, can, you cannot study, you want to. It's going to be a test. <laughs> you can study, you cannot, it's going to be a test whether you study or not. And the test is always going to be to see are you full? Jesus, tempted. Sent into the wilderness, tempted. Well, the definition of tempted is to ascertain the quality of your soul. I need to see where you are. Okay, look, I hate to bring a, say this disappoint to y'all. Some of y'all got ambitious to do great things, but your fellowship, it ain't going to get you there. It's not going to get you there. You got ambitions, but the father can't trust you with that because he can't trust you to pray. He can't trust you to fact. He can't even trust you to show up on time. And what's crazy is you ain't late to your job. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh-uh. You ain't late to stuff that's important to you. You you will read it if you know it's going to get you some money. You will study it if you know it's going to bring you to advancement. The cucumber is in the brine. <laughs> it's in there. Stand, let us pray. Hallelujah. This is what it means when the Bible says that God is at work in you, Shombi. Shombi, he's at work. He's at work, trying to work his will and his good pleasure. Where is he working it at? Your mind. Your thought life, your imagination, your unconscious mind, your conscious mind. Where is he working it at? Your soul, your will, your appetite, your aversions, your intellect, your disposition, your character. I want to take you high, but your character low. And you think you right. <laughs> he wants to take us higher but our heart we over emotional we get mad quick we have to take worship more serious this is why this is why everybody doesn't have permission to do it everybody doesn't have permission Chris to approach the throne of grace Everybody don't have the permission. Everybody don't have access. That's for sons and daughters. Religious folks ain't got access to that. It's for sons and daughters. You got to take this stuff serious. When you got saved, watch this you gave your life, you didn't give your problems. You ain't do it until you get a spouse. You ain't doing it until the bank account change. You want your whole soul to be engulfed. I can't speak for no other church. I can't talk, speak for no other ministry, but we're going to be full. We're going to be full. Sundays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, that's to get you full. That's to get you full. We're going to incorporate more days because like I say, you can't do this on Sunday and grow. You can't just do this on Wednesday and grow. Okay? You can't. I told you. One of the things that made me and her grow extremely quick, because you don't find people our age, where we are in the spirit, you don't find people our age. You don't find people. I was so happy when when Q and Sean became. I I, I don't know people my age. They're really praying. They're really fast. they really dive into the Word. What made us grow extremely quick? When we was at the House of Refuge, we was at church six days a week. Whatever. I know you ain't got time for it, but that's why you are never walking your destiny. You are never walking your destiny only on Sundays. You are never walking your destiny only doing Wednesdays. You are never walking your destiny. This is a seven day a week thing. <laughs> everything we set up is to get you there. The prayer call, the conversations, everything is to get you there. The podcast, everything is to get you there. We are equipping you. I told people before we started this ministry, Miss Mary. I said, this is the type of ministry where we put the onus on you. (laughs) We put the onus on you. You would never say you're not growing because of us. Now, I've been part of ministries where I wasn't growing because the word was extremely whack. Okay, it was extremely dry and it was not meant to raise you. But not here. Okay, not only do you get word that grows you up, but you get leaders that will labor with you. Okay. I remember two months into this, uh, Renee was sitting back there and she didn't know I overheard her. But she said, I've been here for two months and my whole life has already changed. Yeah. See, sometimes the father will let you hear stuff because Satan be talking. He'll make you feel like y'all ain't doing nothing. Yes, we are. We're literally changing people's life. Okay? You can see growth in the life. Okay? You know, like I got to say, I ain't worried about the numbers. Because i seen the numbers, but when you meet the people, ain't nothing changed. They still lying. They still don't read. They don't study. They don't pray. Okay? They don't, they can't control their emotions. None of it. I'm telling you, I've, I've been around it. I've been around I've been in church for half of my life. If it would have worked for me, I would have continued and followed them. If it was working for me, I would have continued and followed them. But it wasn't working for me. I told you the Holy Spirit came to me and said, why is the church the only place, the only educational institution where people show up and have no idea what they're about to become? You don't even know you're supposed to be growing into Christ. You're just showing up. You don't even know that you're, trying to, you're supposed to conform to the image. You don't even know you're supposed to imitate. you just showing up. <laughs> oh, that was a good service. You hear that word? Well, why are they helping you? <laughs> I told you, I stood... Look, I stood... Ah, uh, no. <sighs> Jesus. I stood even... Even when I stood in Nigeria, like I said, I love the work, but I ain't impressed with the people. Because I listen. I'm at the table, eating, listening to everybody. Everything's about ministry and planting churches. Everything's about ministry and planting churches. Nothing's about the relationship. Not even a conversation. Listen, power is when you can take your life back. You ain't got no power you can't take your life back. (laughs) ain't no power if, if the word ain't giving you your life. Forget a gift. That's why I told you, I don't care about your gifts. Anybody can prophesy, okay? Anybody can pray. Anybody can cast out a devil. That's why I told you, the Pharisees was casting out devils before Jesus showed up on the scene. That ain't the goal. Jesus said, look... He said, you can, you can cast out devils, you can prophesy, and you can do miracles. And at the end, I'd be like, depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because it was about you coming into Christ, receiving the Christ life, and having the same father he has and growing into it. How we miss that? How do we miss that? How do we follow a savior that all he talked about was his father and all we talk about is his miracles? We're not listening. We, we want the spectacular. If I pray for somebody right now and they eyes open, hallelujah, all glory given to God, now you still need your life. <laughs> if I cast the devil out of someone, if I don't give them their life, they're going to get filled right back up. Most deliverance ministries are hubs for spirits because of the orphan spirit. Most deliverance ministries are hubs for the demonic because they can remove the spirit, but they can't put nothing back. And so as soon as a person get up from being delivered, they still think like an orphan in which the thought process is what draws the spirits in. Don't despise small beginnings. (laughs) I'm telling you, this word changed us. It made us.